of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And you shall follow the Lord your God and fear him. You shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice and serve him and cling to him. And if we were to keep reading all the way through to uh, verse 18, what you'll find goes through here. God starts talking through here in Deuteronomy 13 about people not speaking truthfully for God. Here is an example where God says, I will even allow them to commit, uh, sorry, to, uh, to act in a way where they perform mir- what are seen as miracles and things that are just amazing, but yet they don't speak the truth. And he says, don't follow them. Don't follow them. Even if they do miracles, signs and wonders, but if they don't represent me truthfully, don't follow them. And if you go, keep going down, he isn't, goes through. If, if someone comes and they say they're a dreamer or a prophet of God and the thing doesn't come to pass or it doesn't speak well of God, then what do you do? Take them outside and stone them. If they're your brother or your sister, you make sure that you hold them accountable. That's how clear God was. And as much as that mightn't sit well with you or me, in our cultural position or our demeanour, that is God's position of truth. So what do I do with that? Well, I've got to grow up in my faith, don't I? I've got to accept the truth of God for who he is. But God here is clearly showing the Israelites, and it's a testimony to us, that he does not accept any wavering or altering in representing of him. He doesn't accept it when we just want to have a go at speaking for him, claiming that God gave us a dream or claiming that God gave us a word to say when we don't really know where it comes from, maybe out of our own thinking. And then if we progress in on to chapter 18, this becomes even more clear about representing God in truth. Verses 18 to 20 of so Deuteronomy 18 18 to 20 so talking about truth I realize I'm being direct in some of the things I'm saying it's not to be blunt or arrogant to you but I want us to understand what God is saying here I want us to understanding understand what God is saying here so Deuteronomy 18 verse 18 I will raise up a prophet from among you So this is God speaking from among their countrymen like you. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I have commanded him. So what do you see in that verse? God is choosing, God is calling, God is giving his words. It shall come to part, so it will come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Verse 21. You shall say in your heart, 
who will we, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or does not come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So to speak presumptuously, to speak without knowing. Interesting thing as you read through the books of the prophets, for example, if you go to um, Hosea 1.1, you will read the words, the word of the Lord came to. If you go to Joel 1.1, you will read, the words of the Lord came to. If you go to Michael 1.1, you will read the words of, the words of the Lord came to. If you go to Zephaniah 1.1, it will be, the words of the Lord came to. Though it is common in some churches in the way that they teach, you won't find in Scripture, and it's God in, deals with it here as well as other places, they encourage people to have a go at prophesying. Even though there's no inkling or direction by God that God has called them. They teach that it's right, okay, to have a go, and if you're wrong, it doesn't really matter. But what is God's standard here? And we're going to move into the New Testament soon, in case you're wondering. God says it's not right. God says it is wrong. Back in this time, if you did that, and if your family or friends or countrymen were faithful to God around you, they would stone you under God's directive. That's how clear and decisive God was with them about what truth is and how he was to be honoured because truth is of God. So truth is not about my opinion. It's not about me having a go, is it? It's not about me having a go at trying to speak for God when he hasn't given me anything to speak, to say. But let's continue on. So not only in these passages here, but we continue to see in those quotes from Hosea, Micah, Joel, um, Jonah, Zephaniah, that again and again, that is God who comes to because he has chosen. God comes to and enables that person to speak for him. He comes to them and he gives them his words and they are not to deviate. God was always very clear that I had to say exactly what he said. If you remember in 1 Kings 13, there was the prophet who God actually told him the road that he was to go and the way that he was to come back. He was not to deviate no matter what. The prophet went. He spoke clearly the words that God had told him to say to the king. But then on his way back, another man claiming to be a prophet said, no, come into my place and have a meal. So he did. But what happened in... What did God do with that man? The... You're right, Phil. The lion ate him because he was disobedient to God. He did not follow the ways of God. He did not follow the ways of God. We live in a time when people call out for justice. If we really got the justice of God, we would be in such agony because of our disobedience. But graciously, we can fall on our knees before God and we can repent to him. Aren't you thankful for that? for the truth of grace. 
Yes, yes, they killed him, yes. Yep, because they, the prophet's son come back past and saw the body. Yep, that is true. It was in the Old Testament, it was clear that those who spoke for God were chosen by God, given specific actions by God, and were given specific words by God to say. So repetitively in the Old Testament, they were called by, they were chosen by God, called by God, enabled by God, given the specific message by God. There was no way that they could represent God by deviating from these truths that he gave them. And God gave them a clear alternative of judgment if they didn't. As the illustration in First Kings 13 So why? Does it really matter? Couldn't God just be a bit more gracious? The prophet only stopped for a meal. It's not truth. With God there is no variation. God never accepts anything that is not of him. It is not acceptable just like we celebrated before in salvation, as we've read before, a moment ago in John 14:6, that Jesus is the only way. God is the source of truth. God did not allow anyone to pretend to be a, a prophet and s pretend to s say his words, make, up, make it up in their own mind. Because God alone is truth. He is a jealous God. He will not allow himself to be misrepresented. He will not allow us to ch go chasing after other gods, other ways, false teaching. So what about for us? Or what about in New Testament? That's all under the law, we might think. God was a lot harsher back then. Maybe he is a bit gracious, more gracious now. So how does God operate with us? How does he want us to represent him in truth? How do we go about it? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In this chapter, it's talking about some of the gifts, and the, sorry, our gifting and how, God, how that happens. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm just going to read a few verses um, for the sake of time to bring out the points here. 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 6 and 7 and then jump to 11 and 18. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There are a variety of, sorry, there are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Verse 11. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he, w he wills. Verse 18. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body as he has desired. So the example showing in here, and it's in the other patches in, through the epistles, that God is the one who chooses, at our point of salvation, what gift or gifts we will have as believers. It's according to his will. 
I don't get to refuse the gift and say, no, God, I don't want this one. Yes, Alison? Yep, I'll come to that in a minute. Yep. And it is God who chooses and places. It clearly says it here in these verses. And to reiterate it again through the, in the middle of verse 24, but God has so composed the body. So God chooses. It is God who chooses our, our gifting and our placing in the body. If you continue over to 2 Corinthians, so God chooses, God gives the gift, and he places us in the body. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verses 18 through to 20, it says, Now all these things are from God, verse 18, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So, so far, God chooses how each of us are to be equipped. He chooses the gifts we receive. He chooses our placing in the body. And he says, and he gives us the task. He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, but counting their trespasses against him, that he, sorry, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I'll read that again. Verse 19, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So that is the message. It is our ministry, it is our task, and it is our message that we are to give. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, our purpose. For we, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as through God, sorry, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg of you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So here in these passages, we find the exact same principles, the exact same way of God. In the Old Testament, God chose his messenger. He chose how he was going to enable him and to what level. He, he chose, him, chose the words that that messenger was going to give. The same here also in the New Testament. We're saved and God chooses who we are in the body. He chooses what our gift or gifting is going to be. God chooses the message. But for us, we have such a great privilege. We not only have the spirit, God himself in us, but we also have the living word, a copy of it, written down before us so that we don't deviate, so that we can read the truth of it, not according to our preference, but according to as we work through, as the Spirit in illuminates it to us. So what else would we see then in, in um, the New Testament if this is how it was? And it is that way because it's clearly written there. Well, if you go to 2 Peter chapter 1, 
2 Peter chapter 1, and you see the, the apostles continued to bring this before the churches. If you remember back when we went through 1 Timothy about how error kept coming up and how we've gone through other portions of Scripture, error kept on coming up in the early church. And again and again, they were urged, they were instructed, they were rebuked. They had to stick to the truth of God, otherwise it was not of God. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, it, God here has it written, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So again and again, we find that God is, has his same way. He never changes. There is no variation because he is truth. He doesn't need to change. He is perfect in all his ways. He is faithful. He is true. The truth of God never stops being. God knows what is best for all of us because he is truth and he knows the best thing for us is to walk in truth. That's why we find in Ephesians 5.1, Ephesians 5.1, it says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. If you want to set the bar high, that is the highest bar, bar ranking or level you can get. But as we continue on looking at Scripture, truth is centre to how we are to live our lives because God is truth. That is why we read in John 17, 17, when Jesus, he was speaking, talking with the Father, and in John 17, 17, he says, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. It is paramount that we operate out of the truth of God. And if we look at the, the, um, the example of Christ, he didn't deviate. He tells what the Father tells. He shows what the Father shows. He wills what the Father wills. And then if we look at the way that, if we look at the way through the um, scriptures, the way that Jesus and the apostles, they, when that, the recorded uh, messages that they gave, how did they go about it? Well, in, on the road to Emmaus, what did Jesus do? How did he present the truth to those two disciples? Well, it says he expounded the scriptures to them. He went back to Moses and worked through. Even God himself quotes himself. He doesn't try to deviate. He uses scripture. So remember we just read, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. So here Jesus, on the road to Emmaus, he expounded the scripture to him, the word of truth. Stephen, in Acts 17, he expounded the truth to them. He expounded the scriptures to them when that, he was on trial before the leaders, just before they stoned him. What was the result there? They were confounded. They couldn't speak against him because he'd spoken the words of God, which are truth. They are wisdom. Peter expounded the scriptures to the masses on the day of Pentecost. Philip expounded the, the scriptures to the eunuch. Paul expounded the scriptures on Mars Hill. Why? Because they are the living words of truth. You can't say it any better than how God has said it. They stay true to the message as declared 
in the words of truth. The apostles stayed true to God. They didn't deviate. That is why you'll read, again, another example in 1 Corinthians one twenty-three. but we preached Christ crucified. That comes back to that passage back in um, 2 Corinthians where it tells us that we are ministers of reconciliation. That tells us what that message is in that second verse we read there. So we might have looked at the Old Testament and then wondered, well, that might have just been God being a bit harsh back there with the Israelites. They had an extra special calling and so maybe it was a bit harsher because they had a greater calling. Well, no. God is still consistent. He still does not accept error. He still does not accept deviation from truth. We cannot sing a song that doesn't represent God correctly and call it worship. We cannot teach something that does not correctly represent God and call it preaching the word of God. We cannot pray for things that are against the will of God and call it praying in the will of God because we are not true to God. It is by God, who is truth, that we are convicted. We, re- we repent because of truth. We are saved by truth. We are sanctified by truth. And one day we will be glorified in truth. Two Timothy 2.15 It says, be diligent to to present yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. These are the words of God. Be diligent. Have you ever done a word study on that word? It's in the epistles in the New Testament multiple times. God calls us to be diligent. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Why? Because a deviation from that, we will not be convicted. A deviation from that, we will not repent in truth. A deviation from that, we will not be saved in truth. A deviation from that, we will not be sanctified in truth. A deviation from it, and we, th- there will be no glorification of us in truth. So at the beginning, I read a verse. I'm going to close, and Alison, I'll catch up with you afterwards about your verse, okay? In closing, I want to read again the verse that I read at the start. In first, from 1 Corinthians 8.6. Yet for us... There is but one God. Remember that principle. There is but one God. There's no no other alternative. The Father, from whom are all things. From whom are all things. And we exist for him. So there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and we exist for him. So it's not about me, my opinion, my experience or anything like that. 
and there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. So there is one Saviour by whom are all things and we exist through him. So we exist for God. All that we do is for the praise and the glory of God and that is done by living in the light of his truth. Now I've covered a lot of stuff there. Some of it I understand is not the same as what you hear from a, from a number of current day speakers. So I understand that some of the things mightn't sit well with you. But I encourage you to catch up with me, to read the scriptures yourself, to catch up with me. And if you disagree or if there's anything that you query about what I say, I'd urge you to catch up with myself or Mike and we'll want to talk it through with an open Bible with you so that we can know the words of God, so that we can know the truth of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you are truth. God, we can sit and we can discuss theology, we can argue theology, we can argue about salvation or is there one or more gods or, or anything like that. But yet, Lord, you are God. You've declared it, you have shown it. No one else ever has been able to show that they are God because you are the only true God. We thank Christ for his salvation that he has provided for us. There is no other one, no other God who came to earth to deal with our sin but him. So we think, thank you for the truth of who he is. God, I thank you that you love us, you redeemed us, and you equip us and enable us to walk in truth. And I thank you for that. So Lord, as we open your book, as we live our lives, help us to represent you truthfully, Lord. Help us not to speak presumptuously. Help us to recognize when you speak to us, convict us of error in our lives. Help us to represent you well so the world might see the true light of who you are. Amen. Thank you.